You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Previously on Good Job Brain. We need you to come out of retirement for one last puzzle. I told you I don't do that no more. I need that solution. Stop! What's that on monitor? Zoom in. Enhance. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Too much. Uh, De-enhance. What? What color wire do I cut? Um, the purple one. Uh, actually, purple is not a color, technically. It's a range of colors and... Functious, regal riddlers and rattlers, welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 36, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your gaggle of gangly, giggling Googlers. <laughs> oh, I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Uh, we have some good news, which is that we have just opened up our first Good Job Brain swag shop. Yay! Um, so we have been lucky enough to partner up with some cool artists who are also fans of the show, and they've created some really cool limited edition Good Job Brain merch. We've got uh, some mugs and some cool t-shirts. There are prints for sale, and you guys should go check it out. It is a limited edition store, so when things are gone, they're gone. So if you want to order your stuff, go nope. check it out you now. You're going to get a mug. And <laughs> that is at goodjobbrain.com slash store. Yeah, some really cool t-shirts. Those mugs are going out fast. Yes. Can yes. I have a mug? <laughs> yes. Okay. We're all yeah, going to get have a one, mug. Yeah. Can we get a free one? Free one. They also <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. The mugs are great, and they're yeah. also in uh, SF Giant colors yes. so if you're a giants Ooh. fan all right without further ado let's jump into our general trivia segment pop quiz hot shot i have here a random trivial pursuit card and get your barnyard buzzers ready here we go blue wedge geography what country do you enter if you leave sweden via the orson bridge I actually uh, know this one. Yeah, I know. I was like, man, I wish Karen could help us with <laughs> I'm about to embarrass myself with my lack of geographical Go for it. Uh, Denmark? Yes. Oh, oh thank God. of course, Karen. <laughs> because yeah. I lived in Denmark. And yeah, the, mm-hmm. the bridge is actually very cool. Hmm. Pink Wedge. Who's the cat who won't cop out when there's danger all about? Oh, oh. That course. is Top Cat, right? No. Oh. Shaft. Yes. Uh, Shaft. Oh. I was I, I was, was going of, one level beyond. It, I was yeah. thinking of cats too. Yeah. yeah. It's like Heathcliff. I don't think that's <laughs> that was right. Is it normal? <laughs> right, yellow wedge. Which president was sometimes referred to as the human iceberg for being cold and aloof? And it's multiple oh. choice, but you buzzed in, so why don't you tell me? Is it Calvin Coolidge? No. Oh. <laughs> is it, it's a good play is on it words. another double letter? Is it Woodrow Wilson? No, mm. but there is a double letter. Really? Herbert Hoover? Have? It is Benjamin Harrison. Mm. Huh. Oh, well. Okay. I didn't hear that. All right. Haters gonna hate. I know. <laughs> Purple Wedge. By what name are the Antoinette Perry Awards for Excellence in Theater better known? The Tonys. Yes, the Tony Awards. I did uh, not know they were the Antoinette Perry. Antoinette Perry, hmm. not Tony Danza. <laughs> Green Wedge for Science. The heart, lung, and what other organ were involved in the first triple transplant operation in 1986? Oh. Heart, lung, and... Heart, lung, and... 
Liver? Correct. Uh, it okay. is liver. And also, wow, that is nuts. Yeah. To have yeah. all three of your organs replaced at the same time. Mm. Well, you got to fill up that punch card somehow. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get the fourth organ. Yeah. Free. Oh, yeah. No, he got, it. Yeah, he got oh, a free pancreas. He got a big yeah. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not another organ free. Yeah. No, it's, just, it's it to get a hoagie. A yeah. 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 Orange Wedge, last question. What arcade game was inspired by a pizza with a slice missing from it? <laughs> Pac-Man. Yes, it is Pac-Man. Pizza Pie-Man. Pizza Pie-Man. That is sort of true. <laughs> it's sort of true and not true. In recent years, when they asked the creator of Pac-Man, he's like, well, that is what I said, so let's just go ahead and say that that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. That's no fun. And Pac-Man was originally called... Puck-Man. 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 Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very fortunate they changed it to Pac. Yes. <laughs> Puck-Man. Peak. Yes. Yeah. Test those pop filters. That, that is, that urban legend is absolutely true. I mean, they the American uh, company was like, no, 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 you have to change it because vandals are going to erase part of the P and change it to a different letter. Oh. <laughs> Buckman. Buckman. Yeah, Buckman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so today, we are going to talk about something very special to my heart, very special to Chris's heart as well, totally. and Dana, not Collins. <laughs> Although that's changed in the last to week. My heart. So we're going to be talking about Disney. Uh, yes. Well, as I uh, just alluded to there, uh, Disney has become a lot more special for me in the last week. Uh, <laughs> uh, because if you have been anywhere near the internet or a nerd at all, you have probably heard that Disney bought uh, Lucasfilm mm. from George Lucas, which essentially includes Star Wars and not much else of concern. Disney was very clear they bought Star Wars. Right. And, and let's, let's, yeah, make no doing. bones about it. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've already announced that Star Wars 7 is going to be out in 2015, I believe, yep. and on from there. So that was my avenue into the uh, Disney angle here. So this isn't the first time that George Lucas and Lucasfilm and Disney have been involved. Most people know Star Tours, of course, is one of the motion rides at uh, Disneyland and Disney World. I believe it's also in Tokyo Disney. I mean, it's around the world. Mm-hmm. And it's been retooled over the years, I think. And as I did a little bit of research into Star Tours, I found out it really has a interesting relationship with another one of Disney's combination ride movies, Captain EO. Huh. So, now, here's, I have to admit, I have never actually seen Captain EO. Really? Yeah, I know that it it involves Michael Jackson, and and it's space, and there's a weird little furry creature, Mm -hmm. and it involved smoke and motion. It was really just a 3D movie. It's a 15-minute 3D movie uh, starring Michael Jackson as the captain of this ship of ragtag band of misfits that clean up space, and uh, they have to go on a mission and make a delivery to a alien queen. Mm. And it turns out the delivery is a big old song and dance, <laughs> as you might imagine. And that's that's basically kind of what it is. There's some really cool stuff in there, but mostly it's just sort of like 3D men are poking spears in your face. Well, I remember that. And then, I don't and, and, remember and, and, the and plot. The theater itself incorporates 4D, what they call now 4D uh, effects, just because yeah. it's 3D plus smoke and lasers yeah. and things yeah. like Puffs that. Puffs of air in your face that right. come out of the back of the seat in front of you, that kind of thing. So, uh, do you guys know which one opened first, Captain Neo or Star Tours? Yeah. 
EO did open first, huh. uh, not by much, but Star mm-hmm. Tours was actually in development first. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to the 80s when Michael Eisner came on board Disney, the new chairman of Disney in 1984. One of the first things that he did was he reached out to George Lucas and brought him in sort of with the idea of, hey, wouldn't you like to maybe help us build some rides mm-hmm. or build some attractions? You know, mm-hmm. most likely something that would go in Tomorrowland. And he really, Eisner really wanted Lucas to build something, you know, based on one of the Star Wars properties and sort of had an in his mind, the idea of a motion ride, something along those lines. And this was a big deal at the time because Star Tours was, it was the first ride at Disneyland that was based on a non-Disney movie. Yeah. So for them to kind of go outside the Disney family uh, movie specifically and build a ride on it, you know, they really had to be sure this was going to be a hit and Star Wars is a pretty good property to go with. So they were working with George Lucas for a few years. At, at the same time this happened, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Now is that DreamWorks, right? That's right. He's the uh, K in DreamWorks SKG. So he was friends with David Geffen, who's the G as well, they knew Michael Jackson, and they were trying to bring Michael Jackson in to do a project at Disneyland. Something, just sort of nebulous, we want you to do something because you're a big name. And again, keep in mind, this is 1984, 1985. We'll just slap names on everything. Yeah, I mean, just at the peak of Michael Jackson's appeal, I would say. Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson was a little bit skittish about doing something like this. He really wanted it to be a success. He didn't want to attach his name to something that was a failure. And so the story goes that Michael Jackson said, all right, well, I'll, I'll do this sort of combination movie attraction as long as Steven Spielberg or George Lucas are involved. You know, he's like, I want to make sure there's some A-list talent directing me. This is some wheeling and dealing. It is wheeling and dealing. So you got Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg and George Lucas and Michael Jackson. I mean, these are power players in the entertainment Mm. industry. Mm. They started developing a few concepts for Captain EO or what would become Captain EO. Spielberg at the time was busy shooting The Color Purple. And so Disney essentially like, well, we're already working with George Lucas on this other project. Let's bring him over and work on this project with Michael Jackson. So I had always known that Francis Ford Coppola directed Captain EO. Mm -hmm. I did not know that George Lucas was the executive producer. Mm -hmm. And Lucas brought in Francis Ford Coppola uh, because, you know, as Star Wars nerds may know, they have this weird relationship where Lucas always looked up to Francis Ford Coppola and considered him like this badass rebel who can do whatever he wants. And Mm. Han Solo, he has said many times, Han Solo is based on Francis Ford Coppola. They were in film school together at USC, and Lucas always kind of looked up to him because he didn't play by the rules. (laughs) Star Tours at this time was running behind schedule, over budget, Uh, and there are... Of course. Yeah, because, you know, George Lucas is a perfectionist, and and there are stories that there was a lot of friction at the park at the time that a lot of the Disney Imagineers and workers really kind of felt like, who are these outsiders coming in? You know, this is our show. Why is George Lucas here? They're like, oh, we wanted A-list talent, and they're like, "Mm." Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's what I was. Uh, it was it was by far the most expensive attraction oh, ever built oh, at wow. Disneyland. Wow. They, they said it cost more than twice as much to build the entire park itself did when they opened the park. Well, I'm sure because it's it's dealing with a business partner outside of the Disney family. Right. And Lucas, of course, had access to ILM and all of his effects people mm-hmm. and they kind of told him, spend what you want to make it what it is. Wow. Yeah. Eisner, I guess, wanted to call it Star Rides. And like almost right up until the day it opened, he was fixed on Star Rides, Star oh. Rides, Star <laughs> Rides. But Lucas, I guess, won out in the end and went with Star 
tours, uh, which I think is probably a better name. Well, yeah, which makes Mm -hmm. sense because the whole premise is it's a touring spaceship company, right? Where you get to see the You're on commercial aircraft traveling somewhere. And I guess originally the idea was that they would uh, replace it with new content every few years. Right. Kind of update the story. It's a motion simulation ride. Uh, You're in this, um, you know, fake vehicle that's on hydraulics, but you're not going anywhere. You're watching the screen and it looks like you're moving forward. You feel like you're moving forward, but you're. Uh, Apparently the guts of the ride are actually Air Force flight simulators or oh, like sure. military quality flight simulators that they repurpose to build the ride out. Just, Sounds I mean, about right. you know, yeah. <laughs> They've got to use it, you know, many, many, many times a day for, you know, decades. I'm going to date myself a little bit here because I actually remember what the ride was before it was Star Tours. Do you guys know as a matter of trivia what, what the ride was? So as Disney often does, they'll repurpose, you know, the oh, guts of, of one yeah. attraction and turn it into another attraction. Oh. It was another motion ride. Mm, not Mission to Mars. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been Tomorrowland. Body Wars. You're, you're, Karen's sort of in the what, right area. It was scientific. It? it was called Adventure Through Inner Space. Oh, okay. And oh. the premise was you're going through and being shrunk down through this mighty microscope, mm. and you travel into atoms and molecules, and you get progressively smaller and smaller, and the world around you is opening up. Mm-hmm. And, Tomorrowland uh, used to be all about learning, right? Now it's, yeah. now it's pretty much just Star Wars land, which is probably <laughs> is. which is it really is. for the best. Yeah. Well, yeah. and expect it to only get more so. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I, I believe. Back to adventure through inner space. I really remember as a kid, you know, growing up in LA, it was a lot easier for me to go to Disneyland than it is now. And I remember traveling through there, and it. Really really kind of tickled me. I enjoyed it. Originally, it was sponsored by Monsanto, the yeah. agriculture business. It was- Tomorrowland was very late and very over budget. And uh, when they opened Disneyland, they did not have everything in there that they wanted to have. And it actually ended up being very corporate sponsored. And it was like they would have companies come in and set up like the house of the future and yeah. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and they'd show off their like cutting edge products. Yep. So you would travel through the Monsanto Mighty Microscope and <laughs> yeah. one of the distinctions of the Adventure Through Inner Space was it was the first Omnimover ride and oh, if you were a yeah. big Disney Parks fan the Omnimover is that you get in a little car and it moves you around and turns you and the Haunted Mansion is a great yeah. example of one. Mm-hmm. So this was the first one right. that had that technology. It moves you on a track but it can also spin you. Exactly and, you and they can too. put your attention wherever they want it. Yeah. So, to tie this all together, Adventure Through Inner Space closed in 1985. There is an Easter egg in Star Tours paying homage to Adventure Through Inner Space. So, at the start of the Star Tours video or ride, uh, you go into a maintenance bay. And if you look at the very bottom of the maintenance bay, you can see the mighty microscope is in there. That's great. And again, so the sequel to the Star Tours, or the next chapter, I guess, is uh, The Adventures Continue. There's a scene and where that's you're... That's the current... That's the current iteration yeah. of it, right. And there's a scene where you're escaping the Death Star above Geonosis, and you can also see the mighty microscope in as you're escaping through the ducks in the Death Star. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So Disney, I love that they kind of tie that history together. Disney, and especially Disneyland designers, really love adding Easter eggs and things like that. Even when you wait in line for the new Star Tours, like you said, it's kind of like done as a commercial airline airport kind of feel. Mm. So they have these luggage x-rays, mm. these fake ones, and it's like, oh, see all the, the crazy things that Very aliens put in their luggage. luggage. Yeah. 
Yeah. One of them is Wally. Yes. Ah, nice, yep. nice. Yep. As a uh, Star Wars collector, they came out with all the droids, all the droids that are featured in Star Tours. Oh, and, yeah. And I was really torn, like, well, do I buy these? Are these part of the official canon or not? <laughs> <laughs> like, where so do you, I draw the line? You did, right? Well, yeah, so I did. <laughs> and so, of course, now all everything Star Wars is fully Disney licensed and Disney owned, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of come back into the fold now. And as I say, you know, they, they have been very they clear. They gotcha. <laughs> They've been very clear that they're going to be aggressive with expanding into Star Wars IP, yeah. Yep. Well, so Star Wars is the new Disney, so let's take it back. Let's take it way, <laughs> way, 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 way back to the earliest, earliest origins of Disney. Some good trivia here. This, the, this is the sort of stuff that may actually come up on your pub trivia and other such things. Walt Disney was born in Chicago, but family moved out of Chicago very early in his life and moved to Marceline, Missouri. But then he, the family, uh, after that, moved to Kansas City. That is where the animation career started. He was an illustrator. You know, he did stuff for his school newspapers, things like that. You know, great cartoonist. He read this very early book on animation, like how to make cartoons. And he's like, I'm going to do that. So in Kansas City, he started a company called Laugh-O-Gram. And oh, that, that, that was his first animation company. Uh, and some of the employees were people whose names you will have seen, like, uh, well, there's Ub Iwerks, who we've yeah. mentioned, we talked mm-hmm. about in a previous episode, but also uh, Frizz Freelang. Sure. And some of the other guys who would go on to start the other major animation studios in America were Disney's employees at Laugh-O-Gram. They, they kind of split off with the whole, again, as we've talked about, one of Disney's first animated creations was Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. We, he made a couple of Oswald cartoons, but then the distributor of that, Universal, kind of claimed all the rights to that mm. and got a lot of his guys under contract. What Disney had actually done before the Oswald shorts was um, the Alice comedies, which huh. were basically never heard of them. They were combinations of real life film and animation. Huh. So it was about a girl named Alice. The first one was called Alice's Wonderland. You know, it was sort of loosely based on Alice in Wonderland. And they were single real subjects. So like when you went to the movies, we've probably been over this on the show before. We didn't just go and watch a movie and then leave. You know, right, you'd go right, in and you'd right. be in the theater for like three hours. Yeah. And you'd see you got the cartoon the, and the, you got the cartoon and the right. real. You might see a short subject that's a single real kind of thing, which is these were like 10 minutes long. They actually made, according to Wikipedia, they made 57 Alice comedies. Uh, many of them are, are lost. So, so Laugh-O-Gram went bankrupt. He was not a good businessman. He uh, moved to Hollywood thinking that that would be the better place to, to do animation. <laughs> and the first, you know, the first hit was do, doing all these Alice comedies. Um, and then it was Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which he very quickly lost. And it was losing, he said, it was in the Laugh-O-Gram studios in Kansas City, where there was a mouse that was his like buddy, mm. like one of the mice oh, that was like in the building, mouse? like he'd feed him. Right, uh-huh. and so when he loses Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, he's like, "Oh, I'll do uh, a mouse," which he was gonna name, of course, Mortimer Mouse, uh, <laughs> naturally. And and, oh, his, rolls and off the tongue. to which his his wife Lillian said, "No, that sounds like a terrible name." So here's the Mortimer. question for you guys: What was the name of the first Mickey Mouse cartoon? Wasn't it Steamboat Willie? No. Oh, mm. uh, is it the one at the movies? It's not. It's called Plain Crazy. It was Mickey oh. in an airplane. So here's the thing. They made they made Plain Crazy. They made another one, which I think was called Galloping Gauchos. Uh, they made two silent Mickey films, and they were not distributed. No one picked them up. No oh. one wanted to run them. Why is Steamboat Willie considered the birth of Mickey Mouse? Because what Disney did with Steamboat Willie, which was the third one, is 
It was synchronized sound. Mm. Most cartoons at the time, vast majority of them were silent, and then they would just play whatever music over them. With the advent of sound, the jazz singer, the first Mm full-length talking motion picture, had only just come out, you know? And so people were thinking about sound. Some other Mm. cartoon makers had tried to put sound into cartoons, but they couldn't figure out how to do it. And the sound would get unsynced. And so they distributed these cartoons, but the sound was just sort of messed up. It didn't really work. Right. With Steamboat Willie, this was the first one where somebody nailed it. And so you watch the the cartoon and Mickey is whistling, you know, the tune. Uh That was what opened up film distributors' eyes to what Disney was making. It was that, it was not so much the animation, but it was his combination of animation and music. Right. It was the novelty part of it. Yes. And, and so Steamboat Willie was the first Mickey Mouse to actually get out into theaters. And, and from thus was born, you know, we remember Silly Symphonies. Yes. I mean, that was, oh my God. That was was such a big part of my childhood. That was the hook of those cartoons was that they were musical. and a star is born. It's star is born. <laughs> oh, quick trivia question. Yeah? What were the first words of Mickey Mouse? It is hot dogs, hot dogs. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He said so hot fir- dogs, hot dogs. So his first talking cartoon was he was a hot dog salesman? He was at, at like a concession stand. Oh. Speaking of music mm-hmm. and um, the musical aspect of Disney cartoons, I have a quiz here. Yay! Um, so looks sad. <laughs> yeah. I'm just wary. Just, I know I, you guys I are going to smoke me okay. on these Disney quizzes. Go get yourself a beer and just come back in. <laughs> Done. So I didn't write this quiz. I actually found it on Sporkle, and it, I thought it was fantastic. It's such a good quiz. Yeah. I didn't think I could improve upon it, so I'm just going to give it to you. It's by Ben on Sporkle. So... It's called, Can You Name the Disney Pixar Movie from the Songs Listed Below? (laughs) I'll read the title of the song. You tell me what movie. Okay. All right. And and any Disney or Pixar movie is fair game for this quiz. Yes. Okay. All right. And not just animated either. Oh, live action too? Live action as well. All right. All right. All right. A Whole New World. Karen. That is Aladdin. Yes. You don't want to just give Colin that one. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the only one I get. Just for the record, I did know that. (laughs) Yeah. Ever, ever after. Oh. Give up. Give up. Okay. Cinderella. Enchanted. Oh. oh. This is getting tricky. Oh, there, there's fast. some tricksy ones. Okay, when, all right. Okay. Amy, Amy Adams <laughs> and Patrick live action. Jackson. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. live action. Hakuna Matata. Colin. Lion King. Yay. Yay. Good job, Colin. <laughs> when you wish upon a star. Karen. Pinocchio. Under the sea. Karen. <laughs> Little Mermaid. So fast on the buzzer. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, Once Upon a Dream. Chris. Oh. It's, um, I'm going to say Sleeping Beauty. Yes. yes. Oh, wow. Be our guest. Beauty and the Beast. Sure. Yes. <laughs> sure, I'm just going to jump in sure. and grab them. Yeah. Portobello Road. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Miss Angela Lansbury. Wow. Jessica Fletcher. Yeah. Colors of the Wind. Karen. Pocahontas. You'll be in my heart. Oh. Tarzan. Yeah. Reflection. Karen. Mulan. Man. A dream is a wish your heart makes. Go ahead. I'm going to guess Dumbo. No. Cinderella. Yes. Damn. <laughs> Someday my prince will come. Oh. Snow White. A spoonful of sugar. Mary Poppins. The Bare Necessities. (laughs) Jungle Book. Yep. (laughs) 
I won't say I'm in love. Hercules. Yes. Whoa. Hercules. That's a fantastic. So a little quick backstory. So Hercules is one of those underrated Disney cartoons, but Mm. the music is inspired by a lot of uh, gospel, kind of like 50s, kind of soul. You can fly, you can fly, you can fly. Oh, sorry. Dumbo. Nope. Peter Pan. Yes. Oh. Oh, when elephants fly. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. You've got a friend in me. Uh, Toy Story. Yes. God help the outcasts. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. Wow. Why should I worry? Why should I worry is Oliver and Company. Yeah. Yes! Oh, man. On my way. <laughs> oh, my God. You've saved my marriage. Um, it's, it, 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 wait, is it... Um, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I'm thinking of... Uh, oh, Princess and the Frog is almost there. Yeah. This is something different. <laughs> it's Brother Bear. I don't like talking animals. <laughs> Let's get together. The Parent Trap. Let's yeah. get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Best of Friends. Fox and the Hound. No! Wow. If I didn't have you. Oh, uh, 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 that's another Pixar one. Is that Toy Story 2? Uh, No. Oh, what? I think you're thinking of that Sarah McLaughlin song. It is a Pixar one. I know it's Pixar. I know it's Pixar. I can hear Randy Newman singing. Monsters, Inc.? Oh, that's right. That's right. It's the John Goodman. uh, That's right. right. Breaking Free. (laughs) <laughs> Breaking Free High School Musical. Oh, oh good lord! <laughs> I actually know. Th- oh god! Karen can't decide if she's more embarrassed to oh, get that one or miss god. that one. <laughs> Zippity doodah. Song of the South. Yes. Song of the South. Candle on the Water. Candle old school. The, is it? It's old school. It's pretty old. <laughs> Pete's Dragon. Oh wow! Oh, Okay. I saw that movie. I love when you that. say so that, I can kind of remember it, wow. but it's like, oh man. I definitely yeah. love that one as a kid. Right. Yeah. Baby Mine. Oh. That is Dumbo. Yes. That makes me cry. That is so yeah. sad. You and every other human being. <laughs> All right. Little Patch of Heaven. We're going out on a very obscure one. <laughs> what? Angels on the Outfield. Nope. Oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Home on the Range. Oh. Nice quiz, Ben. Man, thank you, yeah, thank ben, you from ben. That's I a good quiz. I am amazed at your guys' knowledge of the songs. That's incredible. I, I am amazed, too. Well, okay, so growing up, <laughs> part of learning English for me was I would watch Disney song sing-alongs where they would have the clips, like the song numbers from the movies, and they have lyrics at the uh, bottom with the little bouncing like the bouncing dots. Oh, yeah, so that's mm. one of the reasons why I know a lot about this, because that's like how I kind of learned English in a way. Awesome quiz. And we're going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. 
I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. And we're back. Welcome to Good Job Brain. So actually, and coincidentally, I'm heading out to Orlando uh, for Disney World this week. Is it a coincidence, Karen? It is. (laughs) (laughs) So especially for me with something like Disney, I just love all the movies and the shows and the music and, and the parks. It was really hard for me to come up with a segment or talk about something without being too specific Or maybe it's something that I find it's really cool, but everybody else is like, "Mm, that seems kind of dumb. So I think I found a super awesome offbeat trivia tidbit about Walt Disney World that I'm going to share with you guys. And I don't want to blow your minds. All right. 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 So be prepared. Also a Disney song. Hold hold your head. (laughs) So a little bit of intel on the Walt Disney World in Orlando. I've mentioned this before. I've talked about the Epcot Center. Disney World is really the equivalent of, say, like five Disneylands. It's really a resort. And they're separate theme parks. So there's Epcot, which is the educational park. There's Magic Kingdom, which really is kind of the, the Disneyland of Disney World with the characters and such. There's also the Disney Hollywood Studios. And there's also a zoo animal park called Animal Kingdom. So Animal Kingdom was open in 1998. I believe that's probably the most recent park. But before Animal Kingdom was built, Disney World had another zoo-ish wildlife attraction called Discovery Island. And it really literally is Mm. an island in one of the the large lakes over there in in Orlando. So obviously with the addition of Animal Kingdom, a bigger, flashier park basically rendered the dinky little Discovery Island obsolete. So what they did was, so they transferred all the animals to the new shiny Animal Kingdom Park and closed down Discovery Island in 1999. So, do you guys know Myst? As in the video game. Yes. One of the most popular franchise uh, back in the day. Gorgeous, scenic, adventure, exploratory uh, type of computer games. And great puzzles. Yeah, very, very popular. So after Discovery Island closed, Disney was considering teaming up with the makers of Myst to create and use that island space, theme it to become a Myst theme park. Wow. Like a Myst island. And and really, it's to create like a cutting edge kind of interactive scavenger honey, Mm. exploratory, real life experience, like what you do in the game, but in real life. Mm. And they were going to call it Myst Island. Mm. So guests to the island would explore locations and find artifacts, and it's non-linear, and you would just unravel this mystery. And it sounds really cool. And one of the reasons why they were thinking about this is because it was an affordable way to kind of field test new ways for people to enjoy the park, mm-hmm. other yeah. than lining up for a ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was really kind of one of the big problems. You'd wait in line for like three hours just to be on a three-minute ride. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were kind of getting disgruntled. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially with big families, they thought maybe, hey, this is a new way to kind of break up that monotony. Of course, the development of this attraction never got beyond the concept stage. I mean, on paper, it sounds really interesting and really cool. But in reality, 
it's a small space right. and then they would have to do all this crazy construction. It's an island. Mm-hmm. You know, it would just yeah. be a logistical nightmare, mm-hmm. right? right? To move, yeah. to either grow the island or shrink the island. And, and build if you stuff wanted it to be island. like an interactive, nonlinear experience, like you'd kind of have to limit the amount of people there at a time, exactly. which means you'd be constantly shuttling yeah. groups back and forth. So that never happened. But Discovery Island is still there in Disney World. And even though it's defunct, Disney didn't demolish or get rid of the island. It's just still standing there. Mm. They left it there abandoned and kind of just let nature take its course. Mm. I don't know if you guys ever watched the show. I think it's on the History Channel. It's called... <laughs> Jurassic Park. Because <laughs> I know what happens. <laughs> it's called Life After Human. Oh, yeah. Era. I love that. And it's like what happens when there's no human involvement oh, yeah. in yeah. an area. And it's kind of like that. Discovery Island has just been overgrown with Florida wildlife. Wow. I have I've seen um, on the internet, uh, I've seen some pictures of this, and I don't know if the guy was authorized to get on there or if he snuck on there. Actually, you're, you're right. So this guy, I have his name, it's Shane Perez. He's one of those urban explorers where a lot of people trespass or break into like old abandoned factories and they take yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. and kind of like, yeah, it's like life after humans. Like what happens when all these things deteriorate and, and when nature comes and kind of ravages us. Yeah, and they're creepy and beautiful at the same time. It is. Very eerie because yeah. it's just totally abandoned. So this guy, Shane, he did so much research trying to get to Discovery Island. But, you know, one of the things he did was he got a haircut, he would dress up to code and pretend he's a <laughs> Disney employee <laughs> at a park oh. and then would pack all his like a change of clothes and all his camera equipment and like waterproof things and so he eventually swam to the island with all of his stuff and he just explored it and it's really fascinating the things that he found because it's not only you know you have relics of whatever was there and just nature overgrowing they also found weird things like snakes in jars and in coke bottles like maybe people were squatting or crazy science experiments we don't know and they're also like there were vultures on discovery island obviously shane perez because of this got mainstream media attention and eventually disney did give him a slap on the wrist and (laughs) i think he's forever banned from any of the (laughs) every disney property exactly so we don't know maybe disney is keeping it for something i guess it'd be really hard to just take out an island so they kind of just leave it there but maybe in the future they'll make it into some other thing dude those snakes and jars that was mist island he stumbled on mist island he should have kept following the clues So, Karen, you were talking about uh, waiting in line. What a big part of the experience that is, for better or for worse. That sometimes the, these, worst. the lines are really, really long. Mm-hmm. Sometimes one of the but deceptively short, deceptively short, and not by coincidence. The feelings that you experience when you're waiting in line for a Disney attraction have been so carefully considered. It is amazing. In Walt Disney World, a couple years ago, they opened the Winnie the Pooh attraction. Yeah, and one of the things about this attraction that sort of in the theme park world was a big deal was this was their next generation of queue, their next generation of waiting in line. Hmm. Meaning that what you're doing while you're waiting in line for the ride, they take as seriously as the ride itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They design sure. an experience and, for you. you know, yeah. I mean, we, we almost take it for granted now thinking about, well, of course, it makes sense. But, you know, go back a few years and this was a novel idea that Walt Disney uh, properties, Disney World and Disneyland, really kind of pushed forward. The idea of 
managing the queue. So specifically, Disney has what are called secret switchbacks and hidden switchbacks in the parlance of mm-hmm. Disney park goers. You know what that means? You know, if you were like a, a hiker or a mountain biker, you know, a switchback is like a cut back and forth across a mountain kind of mm-hmm. thing. And if you're like waiting in line at a carnival, you'll have the back and forth, back and forth waiting until zigzag, you get there. A yeah. zigzag, right, uh, a switchback. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Disney and his uh, engineers and park developers really wanted to get is how do we hide this part? Yeah. How do we oh. make it yep. not obvious that I'm waiting in line? Right. And one of the things that they... that'll just make people like antsy. You don't want the person to ever really have a good idea of exactly how many people there are ahead of them. Yes. And you want to enhance the feeling that I'm in a linear process mm-hmm. even though I'm curving all over the place. Right. And I'm almost there. Yeah. And, yeah, and we're almost yeah. there. So one of the first ones to really do this, like a good example is Jungle Cruise where, you know, as you're waiting in line for the Jungle Cruise, it's part of the environment. You're not iron bars and concrete. There's trees and leaves and they pipe in animal sounds and mm-hmm. there may be jokey little signs. Yeah, there's posters and it's yeah. sort of like you're, yeah, you're in a boat station. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boat Pirates station? of the Caribbean, particularly the Disney yeah. World, is another great example of this that, uh, you know, if you were to look at the floor plan of the line, it snakes around the scenery behind walls in and out of pieces that are parts mm-hmm. of the ride yep. so that wherever you are in line, you can't really see the end or the beginning, but you feel like you're moving through. And this was something really, really carefully considered. The, um, this is not Disney, but the uh, Karen and I can both attest the Harry Potter uh, oh, section man. of Universal Orlando. The the line for that they actually people will stand in line for the big ride and then not go on the ride yep. because the line weaves you through all of the different sections of Hogwarts Castle and it is fascinating. Yeah, like you will be in line for three hours and love it. It's, it's moved past just a painted background. I mean, right. you know, the earliest examples of these were just oh they kind of paint you know whatever the theme was on the walls. Yep. But no, you're right. People all agree that the the full uh, realization of this idea is the Harry Potter and Forbidden Journey line. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Coming back to the Pooh ride, Pooh and Friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to Pooh on Good uh, Job Brain. <laughs> it's considered the sort of the third generation of Q. Okay. So the first All generation right. would be sort of lightly themed, atmospheric. Second generation would be really sort of the hidden switchbacks and secret switchbacks. And this third generation, as far as Disney concerned, is there are things to physically do while you're waiting in line. You can oh. stomp on a pedal and gophers pop up, or you yeah. can twist knobs and dials, or you yes. can, we, you can do Jones. something oh, while Indiana you're Jones waiting ride. in line. Yeah, the Indiana Jones ride, there's a thing that's like, don't pull this lever, you know, and, or don't... <laughs> you pull the rope, yeah, and then yeah, there's yeah. like a guy who's like, ah! That's yeah. funny. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, as soon as you start thinking about that, you start looking at the lines very differently, because they do, they they sneak you around corners, and you're waiting, and then you, like, you look at the line, you're like, oh, the line looks really short, and then you realize that, oh, it's like taking me around the back of this building, and that kind of, that kind <laughs> yeah. of One of the big things, I remember when Indiana Jones, the Hidden Temple opened in Disneyland, it's, I think it's only available in Disneyland, it's not in Disney World. Another thing they did was, when they first opened, they had a secret alphabet yeah. and symbols that are scattered around uh, everywhere. Uh, and as you line up, they give you a card that acts like a legend. And so as the little kids, they <laughs> would... That line was probably like three plus hours, and mm-hmm. but the little kids would try to solve the different uh, yeah. puzzles great. and That's such. That's great. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So I uh, just to give some credit, I'm drawing heavily here from some of these bits from a blog called Passport to Dreams Old and New, which you offer a Disney <laughs> nut. Check it out. So to bring it back to Disney animation, uh, here's here's an interesting piece of trivia about Walt Disney. He 
And this has, I think this has come up in our trivia, or at least we've studied this in anticipation that it might be a question uh, one day. <laughs> Walt Disney has won more Oscars than any other person. Yes. He is the he no. is the person with the most yes. Oscars. Yes, yeah. that's right. So it all depends on how you count it. They had mm. given Walt Disney some honorary Oscars at first because they didn't really have Oscars for animated anything. Oh, right. Um, and, to, and they give out a lot more honorary Oscars in those days to, oh. to recognize things that didn't have a category. Right, like, I right. believe that child actors and actresses actually got, like, juvenile Vanille Academy Awards, and they were like sort of honorary because like, they like baby Oscars for... are tinier. <laughs> so, Happy Meal Oscars. Um, and so Disney won twenty-two competitive Oscars, which is more than anyone. And he, and he won he won even more if you count honorary ones. Right. But it all kind of depends on how you count it. And if you count it a certain way, he's the only person to ever win eight Oscars at the exact same time. Wow. Um, here is a quote, a really fantastic quote that I found attributed to Louis B. Meyer of Metro Goldwyn Meyer or MGM, circa nineteen thirty-six. <clears throat> Who'd pay to see a... Dr- I'm going to do it in a movie executive voice. In blustery movie executive voice. Who'd pay to see a drawing of a fairy princess when they can watch Joan Crawford's boobs for the same price at the box office? Yikes. Um, wow. He was, of course, referring to the movie known as Disney's Folly, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, by the end of the 30s, Disney was just riding high on the success of Mickey Mouse, and he decided to risk it all on a crazy idea, which is, you know, nobody had made a, a feature. feature-length animated movie. He's like, you know what it cost me? $20. cost about $25,000 to make uh, oh a single... Oh, my God. Hey, those things were... you got to sit there and draw frames of animation. But just twenty. It cost about 25000 $25, to make one Mickey Mouse cartoon. And they would make their oh. money back in spades. He figured, well, Mickey Mouse cartoon movie, let's just let's do some back of the envelope math and say that it's going to cost me about $250,000 uh, to make a feature-length animated film. Yeah, it ended up costing him about $1.5 million <laughs> oh, dollars, my God. Uh, in, in 1937 oh, money. Oh, my God. Um, in 2011 dollars, that is $23 million oh, uh, to make Snow White. Adjusted for inflation as of today, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is... The tenth biggest money-making film ever, according oh. to Box Office Mojo. It has made tons upon tons upon tons of money because it's been re-released into theaters over and over and over again. Just box office. Yeah. Mm. Um, and oh, not even DVD or the VHS. Licensing. No, oh, just no. just box just office. Box office. It is the tenth highest-grossing mm-hmm. film again adjusted for inflation. The top five, just you know, for the record, Gone with the Wind, right? Star Wars, yep. The Sound of Music, mm. E.T., mm-hmm. and Titanic. Yeah. And so number 11 actually is 101 Dalmatians. So 101 wow. Dalmatians and Snow White at the time made stupid, stupid, stupid money. Right. Disney developed his famous multiplane camera for this movie. People had worked with things kind of like this before. Disney built the mother of all multiplane cameras. Imagine a, a, a film camera positioned on a really, really tall, like, bookshelf scaffolding kind of thing. And the camera's pointing down. And every shelf of the bookshelf is mm, a transparent a cell animation. And uh, they're all physically separated from each other. And then there's gears and, you know, pulleys and machinery, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, you press a button and things, everything starts moving, but at different rates yeah, of speed. The parallax. parallax. The parallax effect. That's how this is being done. It's being done with a camera shooting down through many cells. Wow. And this was one of the honorary Academy Awards uh, that Disney won. They they gave him a full-size Oscar statuette surrounded by seven tiny Oscar statuettes. I've seen a photo of that. That's great. 
calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Time for our final quiz segment, and I haven't done one in a while, so I'm going to do a music (laughs) trivia quiz, but it's not going to be a music round. What I'm going to do is describe to you what famous iconic album art looks like, and you have to tell me what artist. I love it. The artist meaning the recording artist, not the artist who made the album cover. Yes, sorry, the recording artist. Hopefully I have a good range in here from from (laughs) old to new, different genres of music. So let's see how this goes. So buzz in as soon as you think you know it. Okay, Okay. all right. Number one, a graphic print of a banana. That is uh, The Velvet Underground and Nico. Yes. And it's actually by Andy Warhol. Correct. Who did the art. And also, I didn't know this, but in the first production release of the vinyl or of the album covers, the banana is actually a sticker yep. that you can peel off. Oh. Yep. And what's underneath it... Naked woman. <laughs> ...is a oh. banana... But it's purple. Like, but it's purple and pink. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> like those a, are the originals are quite collectible oh, as you I can bet. imagine. Yeah, yeah. the pink yep. banana, unpeeled, unpeeled, <laughs> unpeeled <laughs> banana cover. All right, number two. This cover features the tail of a Boeing seven twenty seven. Wow, uh, I haven't even gotten into the description. What is it? Uh, you were probably going to say what the tail number was. Uh, it sounds like License to Ill by the Beastie Boys. Yes. Uh, the tail number, I think, is like, if you hold it up to a mirror, it says, eat me. Yes. Oh, <laughs> It is 3-M-T-A-3. <laughs> when you hold it to a mirror, it says, eat me. Oh. Of course, it also says Beastie Boys and a Def Jam logo right, on the, right. like stickers on, on, the, on the tail of the plane. This cover... Features a subversive illustration of a man shaving and scraping his face with a rodent attached to an electric... Uh, Weasels Ripped My Flesh by Frank Zappa? Yes. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. You're... This is my Disney quiz. This is- yeah. <laughs> Here's another one. Naked baby underwater reaching... Dana. It's Nirvana. Yeah. Um, so naked baby underwater reaching for a $1 bill attached to a fishing stream. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next one. A cherub behind two packs of cigarettes. That's uh, Van Halen. Uh, is it 1984? Correct. Cherub behind two packs of cigarettes stacked on a table. <laughs> Arm holding a grenade shaped like a heart. That's uh, Green Day? Yeah. Is that uh, American Idiot? Correct. Yeah. No Fleetwood Mac, Chris. I was going to say, why, why aren't you asking any of the albums that I know? Um, Mick Fleetwood and Stevie Nicks holding a crystal ball. Oh, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. <laughs> Cowboys sitting on a fence post. John Denver's back home again. Like, if you, maybe if you'd ask some of those, I would get these questions. Black background with white topographic lines from the Cambridge Encyclopedia of Astronomy. Oh, is that uh, uh, New Order or Joy Division? I gotta pick. 
Joy Division. It is Joy Division. Unknown Pleasures, and this is pretty famous and been parodied a lot, which is a, it's the, the scientific visual representation of the first pulsar, which mm. is a pulsating star. All right, next one. This cover shows a man's behind in blue jeans with a red cap stuffed in the back pocket calling again. <laughs> oh. That's uh, Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Yeah. Correct. All right, next one. The band members are in a lineup against a pure single blue background. Oh, this is a Colin quiz. Is that uh, Weezer? Yeah. It's commonly called the Blue Album. Okay, the last one. <laughs> this is, this is really... I love this quiz, yeah. in case you couldn't tell. The last one. Japanese anime-inspired teddy bear shooting out and up from a planet called Universe City. Uh, this is Kanye West. Kanye West, and it is uh, actually, he teamed up with uh, Takashi Murakami, very famous oh. Japanese artist. Uh, they teamed up and worked on a lot of the art and style for that particular album, which is Graduation. Hmm. Oh, okay. So there you go. I love uh, that quiz. That was great. Good <laughs> Colin. <laughs> And that was our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learn a lot about Disney World, Disney Parks, old animation, Disney songs, and album art. You can find us in Zoom Marketplace, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and also on our website, which is goodjobbrain.com. Check out our sponsors at bonobos.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 See you. Bye. 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 Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.